Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic heathenry related. My name is Jesse. I'm your host. Let's get into it. Galvate Here Workshop is dedicated to the old ways, offering a wide selection of animist ritual supplies, divination tools, altar goods, and home decor, including premium reindeer hides imported from traditional herders in northern Finland. Whether you're just starting your spiritual journey or looking to expand your collection with a custom drum, we have everything you need. Visit our online store at fjallvatir.com and discover the beauty of mountain spirit. Ah, uh, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and hello to one and all from wherever you are catching this in Midgard. Thank you so much for coming back here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast and catching what we've got to talk about here today. We've got a guest lined up who is a sort of neighbor of mine, come to find out. Uh, they live here in the uh, Middle Tennessee area, as it were, just a bit south of where I live. Um, and, uh, so much as I'm able to determine at this point in time without digging too deep, uh, into their background, they are a self-proclaimed newcomer, uh, to heathenry. And, uh, the topic that we are going to be talking about today, I think is one that is probably going to strike a nerve for a lot of folks that are on different, uh, stages of their pagan journey, if you will. We're going to be talking today about this ever lingering issue or this ever lingering uh thing sometimes it could be a problem i guess uh of sort of gatekeeping or you know having people that know more uh refraining from teaching right or, or they're reluctant right they don't want to share information or sh share knowledge or at least that's what my guest today um is experiencing or at least has experienced being a newcomer into the you know heathen path his name is david uh david clinn and he is again here uh just a little bit south of where i am i believe in the columbia tennessee area so we're going to be wrapping with him a bit today and just kind of getting his take on things and i'm going to share some of my own thoughts on it too because i do have some of course um but before we get started you guys do be sure to check out the show notes or description area if you're a patron on patreon watching this um for all the ways that you can support the podcast support midgard musings uh the link tree link that's down there is your one-stop shop as always to find my social media li uh, links my merchandise website the patreon page uh, all of it is in that link tree link so do be sure to check it out show your support in any way that you can um if you do like this podcast, you know, give it an upvote. Uh, if you're watching this on the platform on Patreon, thank you so very much uh, to you who are shelling out the coin, <laughs> as it were, right, to uh, to be here on the video platform and to watch the video versions of the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or any of the other audio sites, um, realize that the video version is available. It's just one dollar on Patreon. Um, you don't have to pay it monthly if you don't want to. If you just want to, you know, pay the dollar, watch a few video episodes, and then 
not paid again, then that's entirely up to you and you're free to do that. All right, so now that we got all that stuff out of the way, um, we'll go ahead and welcome in David, who again, as I understand, is a newcomer or relatively newcomer uh, to heathenry. Uh, we're hopefully, hopefully going to get a chance to learn a bit more about that um, and see what his experience has been with others who seem to be sort of gatekeeping information and not being so willing, perhaps, to share knowledge. Let's get into it. All right, folks. Well, I'm joined here today with, like I mentioned earlier in the intro, a relative neighbor to where I am in Middle Tennessee. This is David. Um, he is located in the Columbia, Tennessee area. Welcome to the show, David. Well, thank you, Jesse. Yeah. It's good to be so here. you, hey, it's good to have you. It's it's always nice to find other heathens in in the the neighboring areas where I am. You know, we've I've been in I've been in the the Middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee area now for about eight years, but I've been in Tennessee, the state, you know, for close to 20, uh, almost 20 years now. And, you know, coming into this part of the state, obviously I, I haven't been, I'm coming up on 10 years being heathen. And so finding other people in the neighboring areas, uh, you know, that share similar ideas or, or, or worldviews is, is refreshing. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and you, I, 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 I may have, inaccurately portrayed how long you've been a heathen when i like offline with you I, I do like an intro and i told people he has he's kind of a newcomer i don't think based on what you told me offline that that's entirely accurate so if you don't mind just introduce yourself let the people know kind of how long you've been on this path and what you've got going on in in your heathen ways if you don't mind sure sure um i'd say i've uh somewhere around 2017 2018 when I started uh, started this path, uh, came from a Catholic background a long time ago, uh, varied off of that to um, multiple denominations, didn't feel home there. And um, I can't really explain anything other than I had um, a real vision more than a dream and it just drew me in. Um, I saw an upwards arrow as a symbol in my dream and I didn't know what it meant and it turned out to be tear and that just started me on the on my path wow and that was you say about 2017 2018 so five six yeah five six uh years ago give or take mm -hmm. yes yeah. so so not a newcomer i would say you you've got some miles under the tires you've you've made it through some of those uh as i like to say you know the, the baby heathen phases right where everybody's like skull and till valhalla and all that kind of stuff right like it's the over romanticized side of things like when you first discover something you know you're really heavily into it and maybe aren't quite you know you don't have all the the idiosyncrasies figured out i mean it's a lot it's an ongoing learning process i'm sure you know right it's you haven't figured I, it all out <laughs> i followed the i did a vanilla what i call vanilla experience where i just went with what felt right with what i felt personally my personal connection with here and my military background maybe um just felt right to do with ritual or with uh setting up an altar and i didn't read a lot of books i just went with what felt right for a long time and uh then i just started reading like i, I read i didn't i read to have them all for the first time a year ago um and just started doing things like that because i wanted to see what the writing said because everybody has their own opinion and I realized what a um, what a free path we are 
what what we're on everybody's path is different no one path is right for everybody and that's one of the biggest things that i've noticed is the individuality of our path and val till valhalla was never i never really embraced that because i read what valhalla was about how you got there mm-hmm. and in my in my own personal my me own personal self um i don't see myself going having all these battles and earning my way into Valhalla, I don't think that's reality. Yeah. No, and that's interesting too, especially you coming, um, you mentioned you're a, a military veteran. Um, so thank you for your service to just to start off with that. Appreciate you uh, for that. And it's interesting to, to hear you say like the Valhalla thing uh, doesn't feel like something that you would fit, that it didn't, doesn't work for you, doesn't feel right for you. And I've, and I, you know, I think that becomes a pretty common thing that we that we see across, you know, combat uh, or, or, or military circles, right? It's very war band type uh, structure, you know, like the 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 sense of brotherhood, the 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 loyalty, the honor, and all that stuff that is uh, inherent with the warrior class. Um, you being a, a a military person yourself don't don't necessarily feel that particular attention to, towards that idea of, of going to Valhalla. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so you're, you're not a newbie. You, you, again, you kind of in that uh, intermediate stage, I think, like a lot of folks now that I've talked to um, relatively in, in, my, in my area, you know, they're not brand new. They haven't been doing this for decades. Um, I myself am coming up on about 10 years of practicing. Um, and you mentioned you came into this from uh, you were you were Catholic before that. What 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 was the like? What was the for you? If you don't mind talking, like was that a big jump, a big like culture um, shock, maybe or something to go from Catholicism into heathenry? I I was raised Roman Catholic, last of eight children. Um, everybody in my family was Catholic. I was forced to go to church until I left home and went into the military. Um, and at sometimes all you have when you're in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of nowhere is your faith. And, and I tried to embrace it as much as I could, but, um, as time wore on, um, I just felt, I don't know how to explain it, like a lack of attachment to it, I guess, uh, didn't feel like anybody was listening. Um, everything was going wrong and, um, I started just going and checking out other Abrahamic faiths, uh, Methodists and whatnot. Yeah. Still never really found a home. And when I had um, this thing with tear, I'm going to call it a vision and people can argue, whatever. Um, Sounds like it. I found, I felt like somebody found me, like he picked me up and said, this is where you belong. I'm going to give you a path. And it just, I felt such a deep connection with it that I know this is where I'm meant to be. It took a long time to get here. I'm 53 years old. So it took a long time to get here, but I feel like this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So that's great. What branch in the military uh, of the military were you in? Uh, I was in the U S Navy at the end of um, desert storm in the beginning of provide comfort. I was uh, squadron attached ship based to USS Forrestal. 210 days at sea, five of months that was in a combat zone, and I turned 21 on the way home. So, 
Also, uh, and how many years did you serve? I just did my four. It was wasn't a life plan for me. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, man, that's I mean, to, to be that young and to, 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 I'm sure, have witnessed the things that you did and just be be in that environment, you know, be, uh, you know, be put through some of the ordeals that you were put through. That's uh, that's that's life changing. You know, um, I don't I don't think I wouldn't say any less that, that it's life changing for people, you know. Oh, it is. And it's it's everybody's got a unique story. Um, I was raised on a farm in Colorado. And then I went into the military. So I went from 99% white to the military, which is was about 50-50. So I had yeah. almost no exposure to anything but white people until I went in the military. And um, then I'm, you know, after that, I've moved around and been places, uh, lived 10 for 10 years outside of Las Vegas. I live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I've been in Tennessee since 2009. Um, but yeah. it's, it's been, it, the, the biggest culture shock for me was that was going from being, yeah. you know, being a farm kid to, you know, like all these people, I didn't realize the diversity of humankind until you yeah. see it, experience it yourself. Then yeah. you step ashore for the first time in Haifa, Israel, and there's people there that you know, again, they're different and they speak a different tongue or they have a different accent and they treat you like you're a hero because you're there protecting them. And, but you're just doing your job, man. You know, so. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a big thing. I bet. Yeah. Man, I can't imagine. A lot of us have come, a lot of heathens I've talked to uh, have, you know, stories similar in that they, uh, you know, they were brought up in a faith that they didn't feel at home in. Um they have a similar or, you know, they have their unique story, like you say, where everybody has their story of, of what kind of brought them into to heathenry or what what kind of, you know, what was the thing that, I don't know, woke them up or, or allowed them to discover this. Um, for me, it was uh, like the TV show Vikings. I had had a Mjolnir tattooed on my arm long before that show ever came out. It was one of my first tattoos that I'd gotten. Um, and the reason I had gotten it is because of my ancestry. You know, like I knew I have a lot of Dutch, German, you know, uh, that that part of Europe um, ancestry. And I got it as like an homage to to my ancestors, you know, and I knew I didn't know exactly what it meant. I just knew that, well, this is something that meant something to them. It was, you know, a symbol of strength and all these things. That's what I thought when I was really young. And that's why I got it. And then years after the fact, um, you know, I was I was kind of in a phase of my life where I was trying to figure out, you know, Christianity wasn't speaking to me. You know, I, I didn't feel a draw or a pull or, or I didn't feel at home with it anymore. Um, I didn't explore other like religions, but I did puddle jump a bit from different denominations, you know, so like Baptist, Catholic, Methodist. Pentecostal, like I've been to so many different church services and, and Catholic mass is one of them that none of it felt right for me. And then the, when, uh, you know, when I, when I was like, oh, wow, you know, this, this Thor's hammer, you know, and all this, this is, this is, this is more than just a symbol. It's actually associated with a belief that is old, you know, it predates Christianity, uh, in that part of the world at least. And so what's that about? And then when Vikings came out, I'm like, 
well, this is cool, you know, like, because they're, you know, they, they make obviously some things about the gods in, in the show. But I learned very quickly with that, that that's not an accurate portrayal of heathenry. No, you know what I mean? Um, but it was one of the seeds that was planted that started me on that on that path and on that journey. So where I am now is not obviously the same person I was when I started. And I'm oh, sure yeah. for you, you're the same thing. You know, you're not the same heathen now that was as you were when you started it, you know, five, six, however many years ago. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to talk about today with you and when you had reached out to me was um, people that, and maybe you've had some experiences with this that you want to talk about, but people who know more than, the, the rest of us, you know, or, or that have more miles under their tires, more knowledge, more, you know, more experiences that are not so willing or, or free to share those bits of information, right. right? Gatekeeping. You, I think you had, you had, a, you had a term I liked really knowledge hoarding. Yeah. Driving, hoarding their treasure. Um, that's, that's how I, I viewed it because there, it's not all, it's, it, nothing's a hundred percent for anything or anybody. Obviously there are some, people that have been around that don't mind helping. But with me, um, when I first started, I didn't have a lot of extra money and I didn't have support at home. I was married to a Christian woman and didn't really care about this at all for me, uh, even though it was my own personal thing that would have helped me. And uh, so I really couldn't go and buy a have them all and I couldn't go and, and do things to research this. So all I had was people that were on path and I'd ask questions and it was, well, go look at this book or go look at that book. There was not even a breadcrumb. Look it up, do the work yourself. And it, it was instead of like with me, somebody new to the path, I'll talk to them a little bit and I'll be like, okay, well, here's my piece from my perspective, but it's a personal path. So you knew need to do some work, but I will help you what I can because mm -hmm. in my mind, we need to grow and do it as a supporting community where we can continue to rely on each other down the road. And that's how we're going to grow and grow in strength instead of every separate way. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, one of the, one of the, one of the things about, you know, paganism in general is it, it is very, you know, individualistic. I think, you know, there's a lot of, do what feels right to you and you know um that may not feel right to the other person but that's okay because what it you know what feels right for you may not feel right for them vice versa you know and um so i think that type of like i think there's there's it's a double-edged sword is what i'm trying to say right you can you can be so individualistic about a belief system and everybody does it their own way that to me is is it's going too far in one direction, right? Like there's, there's a lack of structure at that point. There's no order. There's no understanding of, well, how did the ancient Germanic people or Scandinavian people or whoever, however we're going to direction we're going to go in, right? How did these people potentially think or believe or, or view the world, you know, without, without establishing some sort of structure, without building that community, without having that, that group of people that, that can share, worldviews that can share thoughts and ideas with one another there's you might as well just everybody be doing their own thing and then it, how that that's not a community that's right it's kind of withdrawn from that so while i think there is that that, that that that's one of the beautiful things about heathenry is is you know 
a person's hearth cult, how what they do, right? Their their personal practices, their individual cultic beliefs. Um, no one can. There, there's no dogma about that, right? It's there's no well, this per, this verse in this Edda says you can't do it that way, or nothing dogmatic like that. Um, so that's like one of the things that I loved about discovering heathenry and learning more about it was. I'm really, I'm supposed to figure my own way out. Like, I'm supposed to have my own hearth cult. I'm supposed to do things my way, myself. And I need to figure that part out. I need to establish that. Because without it, how am I going to have a relationship with other like-minded people? How are we going to have a group, a clan, a kindred, a tribe, whatever we want to call it, if I don't first know really how do I connect with, you know, my ancestors? How do I connect with the gods, how do I connect with the, the local spirits of the land around me if I haven't first taken the time to, you know, figure that part out? Right. Um, it's like with my I'm part of a, a kindred in, in, in Columbia called Kindred of Asgard based out of Asgard Brewing Company. And um, with us, you know, there's there's guys that that um, will say that Odin's their main guy uh, or that Bragi's one of their main people. And, and there's you know some people that uh put freya first and I, I, i'm the only one that puts tear first i'm basically the only person i've ever met that puts tear on the top um but we all get along because we all understand where it's it based from and when we decide to bring in a new member we give them an oath ring and it's an oath to each other and to our ancestors to be honorable and to help each other out when we need it's very simple um, but it's it's giving our word like the old days when you used to handshake on something that was your bond that was your contract and that's kind of what we do with each other mm -hmm. there has to be that there has to be a, a a sense of obligation like responsibility to one another you know like uh, to, you know the the oath is is nothing to be taken lightly correct um yeah you know like that's a and, and so much, I think, of what has um, arisen with like newcomers and, and, and stuff is they, they, they want to be a part of something, but they don't they don't want to put the like they, they want to be a part of something, but it's almost like they want things to just be handed to them in the process. Like mm -hmm. do this for me, like tell me how I should do this. Tell me how I should tell me what I should read. Tell me, you know, what I should do, how I should do it. Just tell me, tell me, tell me. And like that's that's not how this really works you know like sure there's going to be nuance to things and there's going to be similar uh, structure you know if you go from tribe to tribe or kindred to kindred or clan to clan whatever like there's probably going to be things that look and feel and, and appear similar um in a lot of different ways but but ultimately um you know if, if you feel drawn or connected and and want to be a part of one specific group then uh you're 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 kind of obligated to to do things how that group as a whole does it not how one person or another person as of the group does it but as the group of as a whole does it and then and without that understanding of of responsibility to one another being able to rely on one another there's no frith that can be established right they can't you can't lean on somebody else they can't lean on you right. you, you know you're just like and i think some of that takes work you know it when we talk about like gatekeeping or, or knowledge hoarding, um, have you have you have you had 
you know, personal experiences of that where people where you, oh, go yeah. and you ask questions and people are like, do it yourself. I'm not telling you nothing like there was uh, I don't remember the website because I, I got off of it um, when I first was learning. I joined a couple of them trying to glean information and glean some help. And um, there was people I'd ask. I'd be like, hey, I'm new to the path and I'm just wondering about how I would do about doing this or how I'd go about doing that. Uh, setting up a uh, setting up an altar was one of them and they're like you know well you need to look at this book or you need to go do that or everybody everybody's different which is true everybody is different but the fact is just zero zero interest in helping and, and i wasn't asking hey don't i'm not asking you to tell me exactly how to set up but some things i need or some things that are common would be nice you know and i yeah. ended up doing what felt right and in the end, when I started looking at books and what was appropriate or what would what what are some of the things that we use, I'd already bought those and I'd already put them on there without reading the book. It was just something that felt right. So, mm -hmm. you know, and and then another person, I had been um, not read anything and I had just been doing things for how I felt. And I was saying something about a bind rune that I didn't understand because I didn't understand bind runes. I hadn't learned runes yet. And um, they said, well, why don't you, you need to go look at a book instead of sitting here voicing an opinion you don't know nothing about runes. And I'm just like, dude, I'm just giving you my two cents. I don't know. I'm just, I was asking because I knew that the assimilation of runes in a certain order changes their meanings. I knew that much. And he's like, well, I've been doing runes for 20 years and like, it was a stupid question. Don't ask kind of attitude. And, uh, you yeah. know, I've, uh, I've experienced my own forms of, of, the, you know, stuff like that as well. Um, and like one of the, one of the things that I've talked at, at different times about that I experienced at one point in time, there was a book that was published years ago. Um, and it's called we are our deeds and it's the the, the author's name is is eric wodening and um the wodenings is it's eric and swain but uh, they're brothers i don't know a lot of much about them now i i know one of them has renounced heathenry they're no longer heathen the book itself <clears throat> is a collection of of uh, ethics and morals of you know pre-christian Germanic heathens, right? Arch heathens beliefs. Like, so a lot of words that um, we use in modern times, the context in which they were, they were understood back then, you know, it's, so it's, it's, it's a very studious type of read. It's not a long book to read. It's, it, it's not, it, but it's, 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 it, it leans more into the academic side of things. So if you're the type of person that doesn't absorb a whole lot of useful information by reading academic work, then it's, you know, you might struggle by getting through it but it was one of the books that people told me when i was starting out like this is kind of like a must read thing because it's going to help you form your worldview right especially if you're coming into this path from like christianity so much of how you view the world as a christian is different from how the world was viewed by archheathens Point reason why I was bringing it up is I when I started my like YouTube channel, the Midgard Musings thing, and all that. It all started as me wanting to analyze and and, and study the the stanzas of the Havamal, 
So I would read like nine stanzas at a time and I would talk about each stanza in each video, kind of dissect it, get my like share my understanding or my uh, interpretation of the stanzas, you know. So it was like I'm learning, but I'm sharing with the people what I'm learning in the process. Right. Yeah. After I after I finished all of that, after I made it through the hall of them all, I'm like, well, now what can I do? And I like, ooh, I'm going to, you know, kind of do the same thing with we are our deeds. And um, one of the one of the people who was associated with the kindred or the it was called a Thayid, um, because this was a I don't know if you've ever heard of Thayidish uh, heathenry, but Eric at the time, you know, he was he was with this uh, group called the White Marsh Thayid. And it's a what 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 Thayids tend to be are, are Anglo-Saxon uh groups of 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 heathens you know they 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 are continental germanic views on things they're not like in far north of scandinavia so anyway the guy who reached out to me he's like no you can't do that first of all you have you you haven't you haven't been on this path long enough to have a, a an educated idea of of the work that was put into this book you have no business doing what you're about to do publicly um, you don't have our permission, all that sort of stuff. And I got to tell you, like, at first I was like, what? Who, who do you tell me what I can or can't do, right? You know, it, it was it was one of those things where I'm like, what are you trying to do? Like, prevent me from learning? You know, you're trying to... And and I, I learned quickly that that's, that's, you know, one of the ways that some people can come across is, you know, when they, when they tell you, you have no business doing what you're about to be doing. Kind of like what you, when, what you just mentioned, like, this guy who'd been, you know, studying runes or whatever for 20 years, and you had a question, you, you gave your thoughts on it, and, and their response was, you know, that's a stupid question, don't ask, you know. And it's like, is it really a stupid question, or, or is it a stupid thing to say when all you're doing is just sharing, trying, trying to share what you think? It, it's an opportunity of maybe coaching or correcting or, or whatever, like, hey, you know, you're kind of off the mark here on that. Um you know you're not you're not quite there let's let's kind of shift things a bit and let and let's you know that that's i think the better way of going about it instead of just like doing a hard right you know, in my opinion off. like now and and i have been studying runes I'm, I'm still ways off from getting great with them but where i'm at if somebody asks me about the runes i'll be like okay i can help you with what i know and this is the book that I use to learn them. And this is what the path you need to do to learn them so you can use them. With, instead of just being like that, saying, well, you know, this ain't, this ain't your speed, you know, don't worry about it. And yeah. I think that's the approach difference that I've taken in life. Maybe it's because I've, I've raised four kids and, and stuff, but I don't know. But there's a difference in the teaching method. My nephew, who's just turned 13, um, I just gave him his first moan year with permission from his parents. And I just uh, had, we had a ceremony, had his first drink of meat, and he's been studying the pathway for a year and a half. And he's got that child mind, just absorbed stuff. It's yeah. so fat. He read the entire Have Em All book I have in an hour. And I'm just, <laughs> he retained 90% of it. And I'm going, I've read this book five times, and I can't retain what he retained in an hour. So it's incredible to see how fast he learns and how much he absorbs things and takes things. And, you know, and I'm, I'm very happy that they let me do this because it's their kid. 
you know, so that, that means a lot to me, but they're, it's my sister-in-law and a future sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And, and this kid's amazing. And the experience of being able to do that at my stage in life, where I'm teaching another, a future heathen, hopefully a future leader of the heathen people makes me feel good. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. First of all, that there's, you know, youth out there that, um, are, are expressing an interest and that it's not just, uh, you know, well, Oh, it looks cool, you know, which I mean, sure. There's, there's definitely an aesthetic to, to things. I mean, uh, I think you and I were talking offline about some of the stuff that your, uh, that your, that your group does down there, um, publicly, like you guys have Yule events yeah. where you're like on this, like Viking ship thing or something, right? Like a float on the holidays on Christmas parade, and Mule Day, Mule Day is a thing for those who don't know Columbia, Tennessee. It's famous for mule sales back in the 1800s. So the first weekend in April, they have a big Mule Day thing. They have a rodeo and they have this big parade on Saturday. And we have a Viking ship that we get towed down Main Street. Uh, and we're eight or nine of us. Or sometimes we have our lady friends and guests on board. And uh, so we go down there, but we're the... Everybody gets really loud when we come down. We're well embraced here. Everybody screams and hollers. It's it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but it's a good message. It's a pos very positive message for us. And then during Yule and certain other times of the year, we walk down Main Street um, in the square, and we're fully garbed out, fully got all our weapons on, and mm -hmm. the police don't bat an eye because they all know us. They know we're a positive the, uh, force in the community and yeah. and everybody just comes up and says hi and takes pictures and i think it's great because it generates interest on everybody you know and i that's i'm not about i don't care how many i couldn't tell you how many people's photo albums i'm in and i don't care that's i'm cool. here to generate interest in what we're doing because maybe that'll get somebody spark hey i want to be learn this and then they'll maybe get brought into that to our belief system. And that's why I do it. Yeah. No, I think that's important to have a positive uh, image for the community because when like it, and it's a tragedy, you know, when, when so much of, of how this path has been portrayed over the years is, is, is skewed because of misappropriation of, of symbols mm -hmm. of, 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 of different things, you know, people, one person, and that's all it takes, you know, one person, to skew something incorrectly and, and bastardize it. And then that one person gets into the eyesight of the public. And next thing you know, it's like, well, anybody wearing a hammer is, you know, racist or, or, or anything like that. You know I mean? It's a terrible thing that, that that's happened. So it's great to hear that, you know, there's folks like you guys that are welcomed in the community that, that, that people are, you know, that enjoy what you do and, and know that it's a, uh, you know, it's a peaceful thing. It's a, it's a fun thing. It's we we, we want to help. We want to educate. We want to be that, you know, positive image. Um, it's a drastic thing, and I don't mean to to interrupt, but if you want to talk about a symbol that was twisted, and I did the research, if anybody out there wants to do the research, I don't want to get all too far into it. Is the how twisted the swastika came, because originally it was peace, love, hope, and he twisted it into where you can't use that ever again because of what he did. So that's yeah. that's a classic example of me, a, a really blaring one of taking symbols um, like 
I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get political on this post, but everybody that invaded the Capitol on January 6th when Biden got elected and there's that guy in the Norse tattoos everywhere. And then and I was just literally I, I was so upset that you yeah. know, the, out there doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, because, again, that's what gets, you know, the media's attention and then the media doesn't know anything other than to just ratings you know write a story and, and get ratings and all that stuff so yep. you know it, it it is it's like a it's a it's a tough thing and i think and i wonder if if so much of the the knowledge hoarding or the gatekeeping that we're that we're kind of talking about today um I, I wonder if some of the reason why people are reluctant to share information comes from a place of not trying to be a jerk so much as it is trying to protect and safeguard things from people that aren't really serious about it, right? Like, oh, you know, you like it. Yeah, so what? If you like it, then go do your own research. It's almost like in a way of testing this person out to see, well, if you're really into this, then you're going to do your research and then you're going to come back and you're going to want to learn more and then we can have these discussions and we can, you know, maybe further some things. What do you think? Do you think that there's any... Well, like, yeah. It's, from position it's like, it's, I'll give you an example with my brotherhood. Um, if you hang around Asgard where we hang around, and then usually after an amount of time, it depends on the person, they'll talk, start talking to us. And eventually they see what we do and they see what we're about. And they'll say, hey, man, um, I was wondering if you would like consider me as a, as a member. We then say, okay, well, you're going to be a, hey, we'll call you a hang around. Where you can hang around, you come around, you show you're interested, you show you, you will show you what we're about, you show us what you're about. And then in time, you'll become a prospect, which means you'll be invited to our rituals that are not held in public and, and some of the things that we do as a private group. And once you view those as a guest, not you won't be invited into the actual circle where we do our stuff or anything, but you can watch. Um, if that's still okay with you and you still show interest, then down the road. So it's like a you know, year, two years probably before yep we finally pull the trigger and say, okay, if you're still good, we're all still good. Everything's good. We're going to bring you in. So it's yeah. not just an instant. Oh, you like us? Great. Come on. No, that's yeah. not how it works. You know? So I'm glad you brought that up because when I, when I talk to people about things like, you know, gatekeeping, knowledge hoarding or whatever, this almost always is part of what the conversation goes towards is the idea of worthing. And why we do it as heathens? Why is why is this such a? Because I'm not the only one. You guys obviously aren't the only one that believe that allowing time and company to be spent and 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 lapse between people is a necessary part of building a strong kindred tribe, clan, group, whatever you know name you want to put to it. It's an it's necessary. You can't you can't be successful otherwise. If if you're just you know, taking memberships left and right every time they come through the window, what kind of a strong orderly, you know, group are you going to have to establish? You're not because nobody understands the assignment. Nobody understands, you know, the reasons why things are done, the, the, the purpose behind it, the, the, the kind of the, the, the severity of things. Right. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, you allow for the people that are interested to hang around and kind of get a, a chance to observe. And then from there, you allow them to be kind of present to watch 
certain things. They're not a part of it intimately. Um, and there's this worthing process that takes place. They have to know that you're worth their time and you need to know that they're worth your time. There's right. this reciprocity thing that happens. I, 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 I hate to say this to myself, but it's the truth is as uh, my, most of my brotherhood will say, I hate, they, they probably do more work with me than they've have anybody. Not that I didn't show interest and not that I, uh, I wasn't worthy of the situation is I had a lot of hangups from the way I was raised. Um, one of the biggest things is um, accepting brotherhood love freely that we love each other just because we love each other. And I was raised where that had to be earned and then you had to keep earning it. Or, or why did you deserve this? Where this is just something we do because we're brothers. If mm -hmm. that and it, it was a hard transition for me and it took a lot of work on the guys to get that barrier broke down for me to where now it's, it's all good, you know? Yeah. Well, it, what it, what's interesting to me is, you know, you talk about this brotherhood and, and, you know, the sense of kinship, right? Yeah. Like obviously there, there's not, um, well, maybe there are, you know, some blood relations or even like, uh, marriage relations, you know, where people's families get woven, you know, into their others through marriage and stuff like that. But mostly I think what ends up happening is when we get these tribes and kindreds forming, it's, it's, uh, they're they're mostly with non-relations you know non-family not blood kin right but we 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 formulate these family units out of the tribe right like the the, the tribe is an extension of the family um that's what mm -hmm. i like to put it so when we talk about things like kinship brothers sisters of the of the unit um and and what you were talking about you know where you know you love each other just because there's there still has to have, I think at least there's still, there's something has to happen in order for that to be made manifest, right? Why do I, why do I call this person brother? Why does he or she call me brother or sister, right? What happened between the two of us or between all of us that secured that bond between us all? I mean, you know, it wasn't just you like Odin and I like Thor and we both wear hammers, right? Right. And it's, <laughs> it was, um, it's hard to explain for me um in it's um well boy that's a hard one to put a it's it's hard to put a price on time that's what i'll say on that uh because yeah. it's not it wasn't instant uh, yeah we liked each other we had a lot of common stuff and it took multiple times of us trying to figure out what works as a whole and what brings us spiritually together when we have these gatherings, that's what leads to the brotherhood, the, the bond and the love is having these gatherings where we feast and we give thanks to the gods for the food or whatever we do. And then we give, we have a bonfire and we have an actual ritual circle with stones and statues. And we sit there and we have a session in there where we, you know, we do our things and it's, that experience when you experience that together as a group that's very bonding that's a massively bonding experience yeah i i 100 agree with that and i think it's the the uh, the backbone of what makes heathenry what it is mm -hmm. you know it's that it's that it, it doesn't happen online you know like there's i'm sure you've seen me talk about or heard me talk about and you probably have experienced it to you know yourself to a degree is you know uh this this kind of false sense of kinship that happens online where people think just because they're in a, 
an online group together. They've never met each other physically in person. They've never, they've never done ritual together. They've never put their boots on the ground with each other in real time together. And they're just like firing off brothers and this and that left and right to, to one another. Yeah. I, and I disagree with that as well with that, that, that theology. Um, yeah. I've been following you um, on Facebook. I think I friended uh, followed you for about eight or nine months ago. And uh, just because uh, the Midgard musings drew me that, that, that drew me to you. And I like the way you talk about things and, and some of the way you present stuff I really enjoy the content. And that made me, interested when you put out the thing for for having a guest now I, I know you're 70 miles from me and and would i like to go have a beer with you sometime absolutely and yeah. you are a kindred spirit but that doesn't make you a brother and that's one thing I've, I've that's how i associate now is is yeah you might think like i think but you're just a kindred spirit you're not a brother there's a difference between an oath brother and somebody who just thinks the same way yes and I'll tell you what, too, I've, I've, I've been friends with people online, long distance for years who I still don't call brother. They still don't call me brother for that reason. We love the hell out of each other. We're good friends. Right. We got we, we you know, we, we talk on the phone. We, we we've got each other's phone numbers. You know, we've talked about some heavy duty stuff. Um, but we also know, like, well, we're really good friends. Doesn't make us kin, you know, kinsmen to one another. Right. We think a lot of the same ways, and and that's just it. There's there, and then there's also been um, only a small handful of occasions where the friendship that started us long distance over the internet, or, you know, online, that sort of thing. Um, what started off as that lasted and has lasted long as long as it has, because we eventually got to the point where we have to meet in person. We got to do heathen stuff like we got to be in the same company together to to further our relationship if we're going to continue being you know as close to one another as we want to be then we need to really get to know one another at the grassroots level and yep. it's only happened even a, a small number of times but out of those small number of times even smaller than that um those friendships have blossomed into kinships you know i call people brother now that years ago i would never have mm -hmm. uh just off the off the cuff at least shared that title with you know and it's only because it ain't because it's been you know six or seven years of being online friends on facebook it's been because we've traveled hundreds of miles to be with each other and spend time with one another and do things of meaning with one another that proved to each other our worth you know it's like we had to do that we had to make that that uh, that next step before we could rightfully and comfortably say we're we're brothers to one another right and and with that title comes responsibility right you you know you mm -hmm. you rely on your brother and and as a as a military you know uh, combat person there you know where, where the things that you've seen like you i'm sure you know more than better than anybody what that means you know when you need your brothers in combat like that's life and death type stuff you know what i mean yeah uh, and, and so maybe it doesn't get that as visceral with this type of stuff that we're talking about here today. But at the same time, it's like, I know that if my brother, right, even though he's not my blood brother, but if my brother calls me, it doesn't matter if it's one in the morning or whatever, um, I'm going to answer. And if he needs me, I'm going to be there for him. That's the type of thing that can't happen by just, you know, believing in something similar or having same or similar 
you know ideologies or whatever like there has to have something has to happen right like well we use an example when we talk to people when they're when we're we're vetting people it's it is the example we use is hey man um you know i'm moving can you help me and um no man um i've I've got stuff to do around the house that's not an excuse no man my kid's in the hospital that's an excuse you know don't don't just blow me off because you want to blow me off if you have a good reason fine you don't it's it's not expected man but if you've got nothing you're doing nothing else yeah come on man and just what we try to do yeah um yeah i've had i've had something something happen with um and and i don't know you know we're getting into that really like visceral type stuff you know we talking about blood you know brothers and, and, and kinship and all that i've had things happen where i did things and, and and things were done between myself and others that secured a feeling of brother brotherhood you know what i mean we we were brothers to one another and then there was betrayal there was um you know frith was damaged to the point where we had to you know go our separate ways have you ever experienced anything like that where, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into names. To my brothers that are, I, I told everybody to watch, so hopefully they'll tune in. But um, there, there was one of one particular member that um, he just beat feet, disappeared, left town. Um, not gonna get into specifics. Yeah, yeah. But um, that, without saying anything, that was timidly, mildly hurtful. Um, but then he posted online. He bought. Uh, we all get oath rings when we become members and he posted online, he bought himself an, an oath ring for an oath to himself, basically saying that was more important than the oath we had to each other. And that's mm. what got us burnt on the situation where he's, he's no longer one of us. We won't deal with it. Not just because yeah. of the betrayal he did in the first place, he betrayed us. He betrayed his wife he betrayed his stepchild and then he doubled double dipped by posting publicly that he was basically wow. an, only an oath to himself and that that's you know i i hate to be completely rock solid unforgiving i do not hold hate that's one thing i've worked my whole life i will not hold hate towards an individual regardless but doesn't mean i have to have anything to do with them right yeah, no, I think there's 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 absolutely a reason, you know, good reasons to have boundaries established for things like this, because what happens when we share knowledge, when we when we when we share time, when we share ritual with people, what are we doing? We're exchanging our energy with each other. Mm -hmm. We're we're giving some of ourselves. They're giving some of their selves. And we're we're in this sort of dance, this this reciprocal exchange with one another. Um, and when 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 that sort of thing gets you know disregarded or slighted or disrespected in a way it, it's it's a it's a heavy blow to the to the web that we've become interwoven in there's this web of weird right my weird your weird his weird her weird is is now interwoven with one another and, and you know hopefully that web becomes stronger with all of those threads that are that are interwoven and tied with one another but when when somebody goes in and just really rocks the house and tears it apart from within that's that's you know that's that's, that's critical hits mm -hmm. and you know you really i think that's the reason why we we take the time that we do for like you say you know worthing vetting um people and, and making sure that they 
are the right fit for us and we are the right fit for them. It's not a one way street. We have to make sure that we work well together because that's ultimately what it comes down to is we're a team, we're a unit, we're a tribe, we're a kindred, we're, we're a collective. You know, we're not just, a, you know, one person steering the ship. This isn't, um, you know, it's not Jesse's tribe. It's not David's tribe. It's it's everybody. It's our tribe. It's our unit, you know. Right. And, and, and role to play. I understand vetting and, and I do get what you're saying where you don't just give everybody everything. If you give it on a silver platter, it's not appreciated. And I do understand that point. But I do think that attitude is was a problem I, I don't associate with those people that gave me those problems and i've actually had some of those people come back and talk to me or try to talk to me and realize how much i have grown in my path how much i've changed and now we're cool but i don't want to be cool with you because what that's how you're going to treat people that's not how i treat people so now you know it just you ruined everything from the get-go because all you had to do was leave some breadcrumbs. That's it's all. It's all I'm saying, really, on that is you gotta leave. Right. The you don't have to. You can do do whatever you want. But me, I'm gonna leave breadcrumbs. I'm gonna leave a trail to have knowledge, to have self discovery in it, so that you continue to grow in it. Yeah, I I, I think that's a good way of doing it. You know, I mean, because if if somebody is is hungry and and looking for the way or looking for a way. Um, they're going to need some some coaching and some guidance, you know, and and sure, you know, do it, figure it out. Right. Go go jump in the deep end, you know, flail around for a bit if you have to to figure out if you can swim or not. But if you can't, I'm not going to let you drown. Right. I'm going to leave. I'm going to be here to yank you back out and say, OK, what do we what now what do we need to figure out? Right. Mm -hmm. What do we need to learn before you get to that point again? Obviously, going head first into that thing didn't work out. Right. OK, so let's. Let's analyze it. Let's figure out what we need to do to, to get you to that point. And, you know, I think if, if, if we're more like that and less like this, well, just here's a book, go read about it, right? Not really caring. I think we're going to see a better result in the long run. We're going right. to see people wanting to continue. You know, you mentioned earlier your, uh, was it your nephew that you gave yeah. the hammer to? You know, like this is our, these, these is our future, right? None of us are getting any, any younger, obviously. So, you know, if, if we're not guiding and teaching the youth and giving them a reason to want to keep going, it, you know, it, it'll be a tragic repeat of history where, you know, the old ways get forgotten. And right. And we're, a, we're growing faster than I think, I think any other religion, I'm not sure, but I know it was close, um, or spiritual belief system right now in the world and as from my research that i did we've we're now more than well, i think it was um presbyterian we outnumber presbyterians oh and really that's a good thing it's a good thing that we have grown this much and now i don't know the factuals obviously but like in the military they've changed where now you can put norse mythology as your following as your as your religion yeah right norse pagan or also true right. or something like that. right and, yeah. and some um vocations in the military lets you grow a well-kept beard now because it's part of your religious oh, and wow. they that's the first time beards have been allowed since like the 1700s i think so mm -hmm. this, like, yeah. this is the things that we have changed by becoming a stronger bigger group that 
now we're recognized by the government and now you know the military recognizes us and yeah and that's what we need to keep that positive circle going there's an interesting thing too i see i see a lot of groups that um become 5013c or 5031c whatever it is you know uh, non-profit religious org um so that way they can you know uh receive funding for building things for their people, right? Whether it's like a, a temple hof or, or, you know, a vey, you know, like a grove or, or, or buy land or, or, or something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's such a, it's such a different world than, than it used to be, you know, you know, back in the day it was, you know, you own the land or you inherited it. It's so tough nowadays to, to secure stuff like that without, government assistance you know without having mm -hmm. that thing and i think i wonder you know if that's one of the big reasons why we're seeing an increase in a growth in it's because what other way are we going to have the things that our ancient ancestors had without going down this path to do it yeah you know like i'm i'm one of those types that are i don't have anything necessarily against national orgs i just don't think that that's really where heathenry is shining it's 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 like one of those weird places like again i don't have anything against big national orgs but at the same time i don't want to have it to be where like every person that joins a national org is like oh, i'm part of the tribe now and like this is not it's like a federation almost in a way and i don't i don't uh that's just a personal thing to me. I don't, I don't push it one way or the other. I just think that it's, it works better with the smaller units <laughs> than it does on this big federation. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Um, when we, and as far as I know, um, we last time we discussed numbers, um, when we first started this, we discussed numbers of total, total, total numbers of actual members in the clan and the kindred, and um, we and the main guy that started it discussed uh, uh that we don't want to get to a point where i don't know who it is i'm talking to and you've got your member we don't want so many members we don't know who you are yeah. um so we kind of put a uh temporary like uh, an ideal cap for us is 20. we would like no more than 20 that's a tight big enough group to be noticed tight enough to know each individual and, and and have a big enough group to make an impact like hey let's um let's go hand out food for thanksgiving and and do a, a thing for the poor and we get together and we hand out food for thanksgiving big enough to be noticed but not giant you know and yeah. i think that's that's where we are with that so if you don't mind i was like you know hearing you talk about what you guys are you know the, the fun stuff that you do obviously to to, to put a positive light on the on, on heathenry, you know, that that's all great. Um, but if you don't mind, I'd like to hear a bit more about what you guys are doing for the non heathen or the non pagan community. Are you talking about assisting the, the less fortunate with food and stuff like that? Um, like, how does that usually work for you guys? What do you, what, we're, what just are your... starting, we're just starting that part right now. Um, with trying to, we have different members looking at different things to do. Yeah two different stuff one of our guys has a um um a minister he calls it the fight ministry um he does stuff and um i want to say franklin or something where they they do thanksgiving and we're just looking at other ways to do it um one of our members um his 
better half um, works with a shelter for battered women. So we try to, we, we promote Oktoberfest here in Columbia, which all the sales for the tickets go to that house. So by us promoting it, we get more people that gives them more money. Um, and I think last year was, I want to say 14 or $15,000 just in ticket sales that went wow. to them. So that's some of the things we do. And we do, obviously that's, that's non, non faith based stuff. No, and, exactly. And I don't, I'll have a conversation and I'd be nice to anybody. I don't really care what anybody believes. If you're nice to me, I'm nice to you, but yeah, decent um, human being. it's the fact of we we're trying to now start really building our presence in Columbia as other than just a bunch of guys who go out and have fun on a float and go to Asgard and throw down a few beers and, and hang out with people in, in crazy outfits with swords and axes. Um, we're trying to do more positive stuff, but those, those feet are just starting to really hit the ground. Uh, we've only been a, a kindred or a, a, whatever you want to call it, a clan for about two and a half years. So we're new on that. And it's just, it takes time to get things like that started. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Believe me, I know because our small collect, you know, our small group, our small tribe, you know, the was, you know, birthed, I guess you could say, uh, the on the like January or February of 2020. And then COVID hit, you know, so we're like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, they had to pump the brakes on on any sort of public gathering of things because of, of the pandemic and um things changed even within a year of that happening with the group initially, you know, members, you know, coming or going and, and this and that. And it's just been a, it's been a gradual s slow growth sort of thing, which I don't mind. I, I, I definitely don't think that stuff like this should be happening overnight. Cause again, you can't, you can't have a strong foundation without roots being allowed to, to settle in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, we've got something so close in our area. Um, you know, you're a little bit south of me and there's people that are a bit north of me and um, uh, we're kind of in the middle here. So we like we got this really good network uh, of, of people that, from what I can see, are, are, didn't, are in it for the right reasons. You know, they're not in here to, to try to convert or persuade people. It's like, hey, if you feel like this is your home, then come and hang out, talk with us, get to know us. We'll get to know you and let's just see if it works out for you. Now, we have a newer prospect that drives from Linville to come. So oh, wow. that's a drive, you know, and yeah. we're the closest thing he thinks that he feels comfortable. So, you know, it's, you're welcome, you know, come on down. Yeah. And it's, it's what you make of it, just like everything else. So, you know, uh, it really is, uh, you know, and I've seen people drive from, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes just to, to make it to an afternoon park moot. You know what I mean? Because they, they know that the people that are going to be there are their people. You know, they want to mm -hmm. be around their people. And, it you know, the distance really makes me think of one of those stanzas from the Havamal, you know, that uh, basically talks about the road between, you know, uh, good friends is, is, is not a long one despite the distance because, you know, or something like that. It's paraphrase. It's not exactly that, but I think, you know, I don't want to talking about, um, but you know, the, the, the meaning of it behind it is that, um, you know, if you got 
the, the people that you that you know are are your people and they and you're their people they're your people right Recipro reciprocity being the thing then the distance really is not an issue you're willing to make that that trip they're willing to make the trip um to be with one another and put in that time well it's just like just to use an example um my my fiance um lives in, in michigan and i live in tennessee so we we get to see each other a weekend every six weeks or so and sometimes a little bit longer when i'm out, out of work uh on shutdown i work at a, one of the manufacturing plants or vehicle manufacturing and so when when we're off for two or three weeks i go and see her that um you know it's something that matters to us so yes we're making it work and it's not going to be forever eventually she will move down here but it's something that if you're if you mean you really want to be make it work you can it's not easy but it can work yeah well they you know the, the the if it was easy then everyone would do it and it would take some of the it would take the uh you know the value out of it i think if it was so easy right. if there was no work to be put into anything if, if there wasn't a thing if there was no ordeal about it then what worth is it right you know ordeal and adversity those are the things that that breed worth in all of us you got to yep. go through that suffering to know how you know to appreciate it you know yep. um so if you if you had to see, i don't know like this is kind of one of those things where i like i've been asked this a few times um and i like to ask people this right in it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this for, right? You say it's five, six, seven years, whatever it's been. But we're talking about, you know, withholding things, hoarding knowledge, um, you know, the gatekeeping issue that, that seems to exist. If you had three things that you would want to impart to somebody that's brand new to heathenry, and it could be read this book, do this thing, watch this, whatever. I don't know. It could be anything. It, what three things do you think you would, would, would you, that you would tell a newcomer, a, a baby heathen um, that was interested in, in pursuing this as a like a, as a as a religion, as a faith, as a, as a spirituality? Um, reading. I would say they have them all, um, and the uh, prose or poetic edits would would give you some guidance there um and and as much as it's been persuaded on for and against um make sure you have a value system set up uh where you know and for me personally um honor is a big thing so you, you have to have that self-honor and that every path is individual you're not going to follow joe or john or greg or anybody specifically you, you might have little pieces of them but your path is your path and, and I'll, i use myself an example because nearly every heathen or follower that i come in contact with odin is their primary or very much close to their primary person that they talk about or that they associate with and i'm here first Thor second and Freya third, and people are look at me kind of strange because I don't mention Oda Odin in the first three gods that I really follow, 
And I go, well, I don't have to follow him specifically or even in 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 because Freya's related to him, Thor's related to him, and Tears related to him. So he knows I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't have to specifically talk to Odin to be a heathen. Yeah. I can believe in what and follow who I want to believe because these are the ones that most impact my life that talk to me, that I want to follow, I want to imitate, and that give me the strength I need in the areas that I need it. Nice. I like that. You know, like don't don't follow what somebody else is doing. And I um who was I talking to? I was talking to a friend of mine, another brother of mine. Um and we were talking about like imitation, you know, uh and or, or imitating others, right? Uh inspiration over imitation or something. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was that we were like talking about specifically, but it's like you can be inspired by a person to want to like be like that person or be like that you know you know physical or, or or spiritual aspects of that of that individual you know um and that can inspire one to behave act and and whatnot a certain way um but don't try to be that person you know like right. Don't do it their way. Do it your way. And maybe their way is going to inspire you in your way. But ultimately, you've got to be yourself. You've got to know what it is you're doing. you got to have your own cultic practice. you got to have your own way of doing things. Uh, and, and sure, you're going to find inspiration from other places and other people. Um, but don't, don't try to be, you know, guys, don't try to be David. Don't try to be me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. What I, what I would also tell people, is, is, and, and I get, this is a question I've seen a lot, and I asked it myself, was the altar question. How do I set up my altar? Mm-hmm. You got to do, do what feels right to you. And that's where it's like, well, how do I start? Where do I start? What do I do? And I'm like, look, man, I can tell you this. Clear off a spot. Top of your dresser, top of a desk. Just clear off a spot and make that your spot. And then put things that you think you should be there that means something to you or that you think would connect you to what you're following. Um, I, I made a braided rope necklace and I don't wear it uh, much, but when I was, when I did make it, I worked for a while and then I used that as the centerpiece. So I have the braided leather braided rope, you know, not necklace that was the centerpiece and it's grown from there and i have a statue of tear now and i have a statue of thor now and i have a statue of freya now and i have um i have yurgisel and and this mm-hmm. and that and it just grows and um there the thing that i'll say is when i looked up what are common things to put on your altar if you follow tear it was braided leather and pieces of leather and um, associations with your with like a beard bead or something like that and that was already all on there when i read this it was all i had already done it mm. and so that was the thing that spoke true to me the most is that don't always get it in a book sometimes you have to you have to yeah. go with yeah that's a big thing too i know especially for folks that have come in, into this way from christianity you know that that worldview is like, well, what's in the book, right? What does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do whatever the Bible says, right? Or I'm going to try to do whatever the Bible says, you know? It's different, way mm-hmm. different 
with heathenry. There is no Bible. There is no book. Yes, sure, the Havamal is great for, you know, good common sense, moral ethics and this and that type of stuff. And there's uh, other good, you know, things to, to, to read about things like that. Yeah, obviously the Eddas are, you know, going to be a primary source for the mythology side of things, the lore. You know, but then you got the sagas too. I mean, there's like what 700 different sagas that you I could read, and I, tell you. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying, like, there's literally that, like, hundreds of different ones, and they're all interesting. They're all they all have a value to them. But if all you're doing is just reading about it, and you're not finding a way, and you're not doing the thing, if you're not actually practicing it, then and and if all you're doing is doing it because of what a book says, like, oh, have I read it about it in here? Well, why was it in there to begin with? That was that person or or that collective or whatever, probably their way of doing it, and it worked for them. Are you copying that because it says it, or are you being inspired to do it because it speaks to you and it speaks to the way you want to to be? You right. know, to right. express your 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 religion or your faith or your folk way and and like when it comes to the altar thing you know i'm sure your altar has has evolved and changed over the years mine has you know mine doesn't look the same as it did when i first started my path and i'm sure it won't look the same again in the next you know 10 years down the road when i'm still kicking you know so that's the beauty of it, it it's it grows with us where this is mm -hmm. a this is the thing that it, it is ever growing it's ever changing where it's it's kind of like nature you know the cyclical nature of existence of life is that we reach a certain point and then it goes away and for a time and then it comes back in a new form and so on and so forth so yeah i think that's good advice and I, I like i like the you know your approach is you know yeah here are some books that you can read but also don't uh don't don't neglect actually doing something and don't don't think that you're doing it wrong if you can't find it in a book somewhere <laughs> you know right like some people i think get that get get hung up on that you know well if i can't find a source i think that it, we, and i was probably one of those that for some reason i was able to make the transition easier than others i've seen that was raised in the Abrahamic uh, belief systems where the Bible is the center and the Bible is, you know, you follow the Bible, you follow the Bible, follow the Bible. Right. And that's hard to break for a lot of newer people. Like sure. we don't have a set. I don't have a set of instructions for you, man. You're, you have them, you have your own set of instructions. You just got to figure out what those are and it'll come to you in time. What, what, what works and what doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, that, you know, people that like to, I, I, I have a, I have a, a, a chat with this, this one individual on the side here lately who, you know, they're constantly uh, showing me pictures of, you know, articles or, or Reddit posts and things. And they're like, is this correct? Is this right? And I'm like, dude, you've got to get away from, is this right? Is this correct? What, like and that's all you ever think of there's there's way more nuance to to this than you're realizing you know if all you're going to be looking at is well it has to be what was written down thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago i mean if that's the way you want to go about doing it and that's what makes you happy then i guess go on with it but for me i don't know it's just like if you come if you if you stay too root bound into that aspect of it at all and you're too stuck in that 
well, that's the way it was done thousands of years ago. So that's the way we got to do it now mentality. Yeah. I don't think it allows very well for growth. It's, you know, something There's, to root down doesn't, doesn't grow well. Right. And it's just, an example, and there's re- obvious reasons. First of all, it's illegal to sacrifice animals, <laughs> but um, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, they, they did a lot of that. And it's like, no, well, we really can't do that. So you have to make do with what you got. But sometimes it, it's a better practice. You know, um, one of the things like um, one of our gatherings, I happened to have a friend of mine that gave me a deer. And so I took a chunk of that deer and I saved it specifically for us. And one of our members smoked it. And that was part of our thing. But that's kind of the, the that was the ritual sacrifice, so to speak. Like, this is what we're doing for the guys. And we each took a piece of meat. We each took something from the dinner and put it in a bowl and set it out in our ritual area. And he left it overnight for the gods as our, our ode to them or our, our, our offering to them. And that's that's symbolic. That's what that's what that's for where you know like they used to do it with real animals it's like you can't do that nowadays you've got to buy you got to go with the times or you're not gonna make it you know yeah right yeah there has to be the a healthy blend of you know our our, you know the big thing on the on you know midgard musings is you know we're practicing old ways in modern times does it make sense practically in in modern times for you and your apartment to have a you know god pole in your living room probably not you know what i mean uh, you obviously you don't have a yard like in 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 a lot of these places like apartments and stuff you don't have a yard for you to have a sacred grove in you know uh, or or what have you so again you have to like you said you know you have to kind of grow with the times and apply things that are maybe archaic or ancient when they're where, where it fits you know and if it doesn't fit and quit trying to fuck Quit trying to force the square peg into a round hole, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it just—if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. And find another way. You know, be creative in that way, and that's a, that's a good homage to our ancestors too, right? Being innovative and being creative and figuring it out. You know, if it doesn't work this way. Well, how else can I f- accomplish this? So, it's all—it's all part of it. It's all part yeah. of the learning. So, but this has been a this has been a really fun episode yeah, right here david um do you think you covered well do you think we covered well enough the the gatekeeping knowledge hoarding thing I mean, I mean, it, it, bringing it up brings light to the subject and i said my two cents and and you know you said your two cents and i'm hoping that people that watch and it will get this and realize that you, people are asking you questions because they're interested don't i'm not telling you to open your book of dark secrets and give them everything but yeah. leave breadcrumbs. That's my biggest thing is leave breadcrumbs for these people. Don't just tell them, deal with it. You know, that's yeah. my point. No, I think that's a good, I think that's a good bit of advice. And I think that anybody that listens and watches this knows that's kind of where I come from. That's the angle that I take to, or, or I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't like to talk to hear myself speak. I like to have people on here that can share their perspectives and, bring up topics of interest and and we can talk about it. So um yeah, leaving those break I like that analogy, you know. They have something they can come back to. They have a you know, yeah. They know where they know where it came from and they know where they can go back. And you're and you're making yourself accessible. So right. like speaking of accessibility, um is there for anyone that listens and watches this um that's in the relative area of Columbia, Tennessee, is there anywhere that they can 
find out more about your group and and i know asgard brewing company that's going to be a thing that we add to the to the show notes because you guys are that's well, where we gather um every almost every first friday of the month they have a big thing downtown in columbia and so we are usually there the first friday of every month um at least some of us on any given friday or saturday you usually catch a couple of us down there and, um my uh our kindred doesn't that i know of nobody has a real specific site for our kindred we just kind of share it within ourselves um, but we're down there. Um, if you go to Asgard and just ask if one of the Vikings is there, I mean, I hate that term, but that's how a lot of people know us. Then they'll say, hey, yeah, he's down there or this person's here. Come talk to us. We're all personable. Okay. Well, good. We'll put that in the show notes of the podcast and in the description of the video for the folks that watch it on Patreon. Because I don't know. I know, I know there's some folks that watch the videos and, that, and especially that listen that are like North Alabama. Um course all over tennessee so you know columbia is like kind of halfway between like me and and like northern alabama so somewhere in the middle it's a good it's a good meeting point middle ways to get uh to get yeah. together so we'll, we'll we'll put the asgard brewing company's stuff down there hopefully they don't mind getting some attention on <laughs> no, I, I, warned them. I know the boss i know the owners i told them i'm like i'm gonna be doing this so i'm gonna be putting you out there so oh cool right on and I would, I gotta make, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta get up off my ass one of these weekends or something and just head on down there because it ain't that far. I mean, you know, I go to, I go to um, a few times a year. I go up to uh, Springfield, which is about a 50, 50 or sixty mile trip from from where I live for like Raven Moon Hearth. They're they're a a, a heathen group that. Yeah, I've that talked to one guy from there, and we still have to arrange a meetup and. Yeah, man. Um, well, well, you know, you, if you know who they are, then you know that they do public gatherings uh, different times of the year. They got the Shadow Moot thing every fall. Uh, they got something in the summer called Suna Bloat. Those are all public events that, you know, people can come to and it's uh, it's well worth it. So if we don't meet each other, you know, in person at, at the brewery or, or something beforehand, then maybe we'll we'll link up at, at one of their events. But we're all we're all in a relatively close proximity to one another, so we'll make it happen. We got to. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and so everybody that listens and watches this, you know, do be sure to check out all that information. If you want to try to link up with, as David puts it, one of the Vikings down there in Columbia, then you know how to, you know, you know how to keep track of them. Just walk, just follow them on Facebook, at, uh, Asgard Brewing Company. Um. And yeah, follow the podcast, upvote it, share it around, do all the things you know to show your support. Um, and thank you again, David, for for being thank here. You. If you don't mind, just hang on real quick when I stop the recording, and I'll sign off with you there offline. All but right. um, yeah, thank you again for being my guest. It's been great talking with you. And uh, for everybody else sitting here, listening, watching, wherever you are in Midgard, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, support in any way that you can. And until we talk to each other again, may the gods continue to notice you. And may your ancestors smile upon you. We'll see you in the next one.